Welcome to Florence Talks, the podcast for care managers, owners and operators. I'm Dan Blake, and every two weeks we'll be talking to social care professionals to discuss topical issues and bring you tips and actionable insights that you can use in your care setting. Thank you for listening, and now let's jump into this week's episode of Florence Talks. Hello, Laura. How are you? Good. How are you, Dan? It's our second second talk on IR35. Um, our first one we did last week was towards uh, workers. This one is much more geared towards care providers and and to answer any sort of questions. So, Laura, just for those people that weren't around last week, can you just introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah. Um, so my name's Laura. I'm head of finance at Florence. Um, I've worked here for two years, um, but I qualified as a chartered accountant at KPMG. Fantastic. And so IR35 was meant to go live last year and got postponed. Um, So I think in general, people have a much higher understanding than they maybe did last year. But just for those people that are maybe a bit unsure, could you just explain what IR35 is and why it's relevant to care providers, please? Yeah, so um, IR35 is some pretty complex tax legislation um, designed by the government. So essentially what it does is it looks at contractors, in particular those working via a limited company um, and the roles and duties they are performing. Um, So when they think that they are acting in a similar way to permanent employees, then it says that they should be taxed in the same way as an employee. Okay, so it's specifically about contractors. So is that all agency workers? So it is contractors who are working and being paid via a limited company. So some agency workers could be being paid by a PAYE and that doesn't, this means it doesn't affect them. But it could equally be a contractor that you have working for you in your care home, um, in your finance team, for example, that could be, they could be a contractor. Would they, they would, would you need to look at that as well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, as a finance professional, um, like if I went and contracted, that would need to be looked at as well. Okay, great. And <clears throat> some people think it's a public sector only thing, but, but it's, if I'm right in saying it's now moving to the private sector, um, why are we talking about it at, at this point? So it came into the public sector in the way that it is now in 2007, and now it's moving across to the private sector. So it will be um, it will be live in the private sector in April 2021. So quite soon. Okay. So for many of our listeners who are maybe running small small care groups. Um, you know, one home or a small number of homes and haven't had a huge amount of time or resources to look at this. Um, can you just give me some practical guidance on, you know, what what I need what I need to do um, over the next few weeks or months? So I think the first thing is when you're talking about a small provider, they need to work out whether they meet the medium. So basically there's an exception for small companies and they need to work out if they meet that exception. Um, when we looked at it, you know, often when there are care home groups, either because of their balance sheet or the number of employees they had, they were often actually assessed as medium or large size company. So my first step would to be to check that. Okay, before, um, you, before we just go on, can you just explain, because you just use a lot of complex jargon there, Laura. <laughs> um, so can you just talk about what you mean by a small company? What does that mean? So you're a small company if you meet two or more of the following. So your turnover is 10.2 million or less. Your balance sheet total is 5.1 million or less. I'm catching myself out here. Or you have 50 employees or less. 
Um, but you can find all of that stuff on HMRC's website. And yeah, if you're not sure on any of this, I would always say to seek professional advice um, around IR35 because it is, you know, it's a complicated thing. So just just to be clear, turnover is basically your fees you're collecting from your from your residents or from the council. Is that is that how you define turnover? Yeah. Um, balance sheet. That's what does that mean? So it's it's your net assets assets okay, on your balance mean? sheet. So like if you had a big property or you had lots of cash in the bank. Okay, so if you're if you're a care home provider and you and you're the, you own the you own the care home, um, and you're also um, you know making some profits then there is a good chance you might be over the small threshold yeah and it's often the 50 employees so it could be one or the other it could be that you're part of the big group or it could be that you you know you have a big property okay. um i think the other thing to know is i haven't actually heard that this this year but last year we did have some groups talking about setting up other smaller companies so that they could be exempt as a small company i think hmrc made that pretty clear that you know that is tax avoidance like you okay. can't set up extra entities to like make yourself smaller so right um, so if you so if you've got 10 if you're a care home group and you've got 10 sites um you can't just set up 10 separate companies and say we're 10 separate small companies because hmrc would look at that as effectively one group is that right yeah. um but I, as i say with this type of stuff if you're not sure get professional advice um because it is complicated and it certainly is. And if you find it complicated, I'm sure lots of other people will. You know, you are a chartered accountant. Um, so let's say that um, I'm not a small provider. I'm, I'm not a small provider and I'm therefore exempt. Um, actually, before we do that, if I'm exempt, what does that mean? So I'm, I've decided I'm a, I'm a very small care home. I've got, you know, I don't own the building. I rent it. Um, I've only got a small number of employees. What, what do I... Does this not apply to me then? It doesn't... So the risk... So... So IR35 still exists, but the the obligation on who assesses whether a contract is inside or outside IR35, that should be performed by the worker, also that limited company. So they have to assess whether they're inside or outside IR35. When the rules change in April, the obligation is on you, and therefore it's up to you whether you make a mistake. If you're a small company, the obligation is still on the end the the limited company worker if that makes sense okay so ir35 it, it does it it does exist you're just as if you're a small company and we don't think many care providers will be small companies but if you are then the risk is more on the people that are coming in to work with you um but we think i think you said before we spoke that that you you think the government in the future will ex, ex, extend the rules to the small companies as well right I would assume so. It seems, you know, they started in the public sector. They've now bought it to the private sector, medium and large companies. And the likelihood is that they'll bring it down to small companies as well. Um, I think the reality is that they know that a huge amount of people have been avoiding national insurance and that they do need to change the way that this works. And by putting the end obligation on the, on the paying party, it does seem an effective way of making sure people pay the right tax. Got it. So now let's say we're a medium or large provider. Um, what do I what do I need to do as a medium or large provider uh, post April the sixth? So it's your responsibility to determine whether IR thirty five rules apply to your engagements. So to do this, you need to find out whether your workers, people coming into your homes, are working via limited companies. Um, 
So, so you need to do an assessment of your workforce and you also need, need to make sure that you have processes in place so that new workers that come in, you, you know, that, that you're picking those up as well and assessing them. Um, it's your job to determine whether the worker is inside or outside of IR35. Um, so, and then you need to give the worker basically an assessment that tells them whether they're inside or outside IR35, and then make sure that the correct tax deductions are made. Okay, so so just to clarify, if if you are a care home provider, you're medium or large, and someone's coming into you work for you, and they are a contractor, whether that's contracting with you directly or via an agency, um, you need as a care provider to make an assessment as to whether or not their job or the role they're performing is inside or outside IR35, is that correct? Yeah. And what does inside and outside IR35 mean? So inside means you're assessed as acting like an employee rather than acting as an independent business. And that means your tax must be deducted at source. If you're judged as outside, then you are an independent business. You can be paid by your limited company and it's your responsibility to take care of the tax deductions. Got it. So most of the most of um, our listeners are either in the care home sector or um, or learning disability sector, social care in general. Um, do you think many? Obviously, you can't give advice here, but do you think many people would be deemed to be outside of IR thirty five nurses, carers, support workers? No, and and we've seen this in um, in when it was in the public sector. So. The NHS pretty much judged everyone is inside IR35 for various reasons. And the typical one is because they are normally under the supervision, direction and control of where they're working. It's very difficult to say that, you know, a worker that's coming in on a temporary contract is, you know, not under the control of the care home, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so you'd have to be truly independent um, yeah. to, to, to um, be deemed to be outside IR35. And we think most social care roles would probably be inside but people need to get their own assessments um is it possible just to make a uh just to assess every every just say we are all of our roles are inside or outside 35 or do you need to be specific about it so <laughs> hmrc hasn't made it easy for people so they have said that you cannot make blanket assessments so if you make a blanket assessment and you just say the whole workforce is inside then that would be deemed to not be taking appropriate care um so yeah, you do have to be careful and make sure that you are looking at, if the engagements are different, that you are looking at them as different engagements. Um, and if the work that's being done is different or if the contractual terms are different, um, which is why, you know, if you're a small provider and like you don't have the knowledge in-house, then I would get external help with that because you need to be careful. Fine. And what happens if you are, let's say I'm a contractor and I work for Laura Care Home and I decide and you tell me that I'm inside IR35, but I say, no, I'm not, I'm outside. What happens? What happens then? So if the worker goes to the care home and says, you've said I'm inside IR35 and I don't yeah. think I am. As a worker, well, can, I, can I dispute it? Or uh, Yes, you can dispute it. Um, so you can dispute it and then you have to provide a rationale and then there's processes in place. Um, for the dispute process. Um, there have been court cases around it. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons I say that I do think most nurses, et cetera, are gonna be inside IR35, because there have been cases against um, saying that, you know, you've put me inside IR35 and I shouldn't, I'm a nurse, and I don't think any cases have won to date. So okay. I think that's but it's but it sounds quite complicated. Yeah. 
Okay. So, okay. All right. So, let's uh, do. So I'm a care home then. So, what are, I guess, what are my, op you know, post April the 6th, what are my options? So, you can reduce your agency um, to kind of avoid this issue. Um, use your bank or use your internal staff. You could only work with agencies who um, only operate via PAYE, which is what Florence has decided to do, or you can carry out the necessary work and make sure that you're assessing the workforce. So if you're working with an agency, the obligation is still on you to check whether the worker is inside or outside IR35. You can't depend on the agency to do that, um, which is annoying, but it's just the way that they determined it. Okay. And what are you, you know, I think at Florence, you work with quite a few different care providers. What are you, what are you seeing most providers do these days, if you can tell us that? So I think most large providers are only going to work with PAYE workers. I think the admin burden of doing assessments, the, the risk, because, you know, if you make the assessment wrong, then you can, HMRC come, come after you for the tax. Um, but also the risk that, you know, your challenge that your assessment is incorrect, it, it creates quite a lot of friction in that temporary workforce. Okay, so can't I just get, if I'm a care provider, can't I just put a contract in place and make an agency sign it to sort of transfer the risk okay. to them and then just, you know, you know, not worry about what happens? No, so HMRC explicitly states that, you know, those contracts do not hold up. That is deemed 100% as not taking adequate care in your assessment. So you need to make sure you're actually talking to your agencies, understanding how the workers are working. You can't just get someone to sign a letter and be like, I dealt with it. That that does not hold up um, in HMRC's eyes. And because you wouldn't be deemed taking, to be taking reasonable care, you also put yourself not just at risk of um, the tax, but also at risk of kind of penalties. As well okay so, you, so you'd end up having to pay the unpaid tax but also um also penalties actually yeah. um great um okay so what are so what are so most of this is around agencies and i imagine some care providers will have direct contracts as well but that's slightly different so what are the agencies out there doing um so, so sure they can continue to to work post april next year this year so they can move to PAYE only. So that is, they just work with PAYE workers and this problem kind of goes away because you don't ask whether a worker is limited or uh, you don't have to do the inside or outside IR35 assessment because all the taxes are made at, deductions are made at source anyway. Um, so that removes kind of the need for the assessments and the checking and all of that type of thing because everyone's just PAYE. Yeah. Um, another option is umbrellas. So... I know that um, we've seen a lot of workers asking for umbrella companies. To me, this doesn't really make sense because umbrellas um, can't take advantage of the nursing exemption. Um, so that VAT concession. So if the end party is VAT exempt, you're essentially adding cost along the chain. Um, so yeah, I guess it depends what kind of your end client is. Um, but yeah, if the end client is a VAT Right. exempt party who can't reclaim the VAT yeah um there's VAT being added somewhere in the chain so it adds cost okay so so umbrella companies if if you're a care provider and someone says we use umbrella companies um is that necessarily a bad thing 
I think I think you'd need to understand what's going on with the VAT. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be that they'd have to charge it on to you, but if they aren't charging you VAT, then there's they wouldn't be able to reclaim the VAT associated with those shifts. So where has that 20% additional cost gone would be kind of my question. I'd be a bit confused about what they're doing. Okay. So I would double check that too, because working with double, uh, working with dodgy agencies obviously puts you at risk as well. You know, if the agency collapses, HMRC will go after the end client, you know? So you do need to be careful that you're checking um, who your providers are and that they're doing these things properly. Okay, so it's worth asking a few questions and getting a bit more information if someone, if someone isn't using PAYE. Um, and what would and are many agencies still continuing to offer shifts via limited com via limited companies? Yeah, so I guess the, the other thing is they could continue working with limited companies, but then it would be if you are working with an agency that is offering limited companies, then you need to be performing an assessment on the workers. Um, so so you could carry on working with limited companies. They'd be assessed most probably as inside IR thirty five by yourselves, and then you'd need to tell the agency to make that deduction um as well as issuing that statement to the worker um so it just adds a, a bit more um admin for those of you that are listening live right now um welcome everyone if you have any questions then there's a q a box or you can put them in the chat i'm happy to answer, ask laura any questions you have um so okay so i mean maybe just just again just give us a 30 second summary laura of what you've just said um starting from the beginning <laughs> what the whole talk the whole talk um, so IR35 is coming in in April um, for the private sector. That means that care homes just need to be careful that if they are continuing to work with limited companies, they are performing proper assessments of how those workers are working, whether they're inside or outside IR35. Um, if they're not sure, I would always get professional advice around this because the risk is quite big because you could be... HMRC could come after you for quite a lot of tax if you know if you haven't been paying it properly, um, as well as penalties and fines and all of this. So if you're not sure, I would always seek professional advice around IR35 because it's complicated and it's high risk. Fair enough. And as a care provider, so who uses an agency? Obviously, most care providers will try not to, but where they need to. How is it? How will the engagement change, or how will the process change, and will there be any? Do you think there'll be any sort of cost changes to, to be to consider? So I it's a difficult one because if workers are assessing themselves as inside IR35, then they should be paying that national insurance anyway. I think what we'll find is a lot of workers, you know, they, they may be assessing themselves, but they might not be doing it correctly or might not make the same judgment as the care home. And that means that there'll be that additional national insurance cost. Um, and that either means that the workers' wages go down or the cost to the end provider goes up. So there, I would expect there to be a difference, I guess. Um, and care homes should be wary of that. Um, or oh, I guess some the agencies could take less less margin and try to meet them in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, and what do you do? You think it'll be a very smooth transition uh, post post April? No, <laughs> I what I suspect is I think there's just been so much going on in the industry that, you know, everyone is so busy that like it's a very difficult time for this to come in, both for the workers and for the clients. Like do clients have time to be assessing all of their workforce for IR35 contracts? I mean, that 
it's it's a really difficult time for this to come in. I expect some agencies are just going to ignore it. Um, and then there will be repercussions further down the line um, is what I kind of expect to happen. Because there are a lot of very small agencies as well out there. It looks like all of the big ones, um, you know, are taking this quite seriously, but there are some small agencies who may push this slightly further down the line. Okay. And and from your experience, obviously you don't work at HMRC, but you like, I imagine there'll be a period of where not much happens and then some they'll, they'll clamp down on a few people and make some high profile cases out of it. Is that how it typically I, works? I suspect it will be quite like umbrella companies, which is, I guess, quite relevant to this as well. So, okay. you know, there are a lot of umbrella companies that were kind of promising nurses that they would get to take home 90% of their salary. Um, HMRC have really cut down on that lately. Um, and there are like horror cases of people being asked to pay back 30,000 pounds of unpaid tax, you know, and these are individuals um, within a week. So I think once HMRC do come down on this, yeah, it could be pretty strict and yeah, you know, making some some press cases, I guess, out of it. Okay, fine. All right. Um, so that's kind of the main summary of all the points for IR35 for care, care providers. Um, lots to be thought about and digested there. Um, if people want to find out more, Laura, where would you, where what would you suggest they do apart from go to an expensive accountancy firm? So um, there's there's articles on Florence. There's lots of stuff on HMRC. Um, I actually think the guidance they've got up around IR35 is really good. There's a section around IR35 for end clients. Um, and that also has some really good stuff around, you know, when we've spoken about you can't make blanket assessments, you can't just give an agency a contract saying that they've done the assessment for you, that type of stuff. It includes that detail. So I think actually that's a really good resource. Um, that's where I'd look anyway. But bottom line is you've got to spend a bit of time to make sure you understand it to ensure that you don't fall foul and end up getting um, stung down the line for for not taking the due, was it due care you said um, according to HMRC. Great. Well, Laura, um, maybe in the show notes, we'll put a few of those links if you wouldn't mind sharing those, Laura, because um, I think people would like those. Um, uh, which will be available on the podcast. But Laura, thanks so much for your time and everyone who's dialed in, thanks for listening and um, you know, see you again next week. You've been listening to the Florence Talks podcast. If you want to know more about Florence, then check us out at florence.co.uk. Thank you and until next time, bye for now.